At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue betting across America here on a Saturday presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw because Amal's got a lot of eyes already on these TVs because uh, I can't believe it. We're going to start off the show today with the heavyweight championship of the world at stake over there across the big pond at Wembley Stadium today in England as uh, Tyson Fury going to put that strap on the line against Dillian White. I I really do want to get your thoughts about it. You and I do like to talk a lot of boxing and it's interesting, and look, we're going to get to the NBA right now. Toronto's up seven on Philadelphia. You've got day baseball going on. I know you've got an in-play under on the Washington Nationals, and whenever you're playing unders in the Nats, it probably will be profitable. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but I do want to start right there with boxing. And, you know, I'm seeing around minus 550, minus 575 for Tyson Fury uh, to go ahead and retain that belt. But, Amal, this is something that always is an antenna and a red flag that gets popped up for me. And it is when a fighter starts talking about retirement. Tyson Fury is on record of saying today in Wembley Stadium, this is it. It's going to hang him up and ain't going to fight anymore. You see the price tag here. It's dropped to $4. Earlier this morning, five fifty-five. I think you're noticing that people believe, and astute boxing uh, people that know the sport, Look at White and say, Dillian White's a live dog today. And I look at them all, his backstory, and I know some people don't like to walk, take those walks down the Edith Street. The guy who says, you know, he was shot when he was like 16 or 17, doesn't remember the age, just pulled the bullet out himself, says he's been spat, stabbed, came from nothing, wasn't supposed to be alive at this stage, and literally has nothing to lose. Also all week, he says, hey, I'm only getting $7 million. He's getting over $30 million. You better believe that sticks in my craw. Really didn't help sell the fight. It feels like he's all business in this thing. There's no way, even though you get you get two uh, Brits in there fighting each other at Wembley Stadium, that he's going to be the fan favorite. If the Gypsy King is really talking about retirement, does that worry you at all before you laid what now is becoming a shorter number at minus $4? Yeah, a little bit of a concern. I have one thing in the heavyweight division, and more so than any other division, is the ability of an opponent or an underdog with one punch to put you on your back. And that's a concern I have here with White. You mentioned him coming up 12, first 12 years in Jamaica before moving to the United Kingdom. Uh, really has overcome a lot. Uh, but I'm a big Tyson Fury fan. I would hate to see this potentially be his last fight. I get it. Being at Wembley, this is going to be a monster. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but he's just got a certain dynamic to him, Dave. When I look at 
You know, I miss Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson scared the hell out of you when he was the baddest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I look at guys like Evander, I was kind of indifferent around great technical fighter. But Lennox Lewis didn't scare me. I want, I want my heavyweight champ to scare me when I'm walking down the street. Lennox Lewis didn't scare me. Tyson Fury doesn't necessarily scare me, but I like Tyson Fury. He, he's very relatable. He's just entertaining. Well, what he's done, and, and you know this, and, and we've talked about this so many times on and off air. When you look at guys like Floyd Mayweather, where they master the art of the things outside of the squared circle, yeah. right? And, and that's what Tyson Fury's done. He conquered America. Let's put it in that context, because I know when Tyson Fury is coming up, I'm with you. I kind of looked at him and thought, ah, this is, a, this is literally a gypsy. This is a guy who doesn't have a home. You know, he was over 400 pounds. He talked openly about his mental health situation, which was not good people not that long ago. Said he came to the United States and it really saved him. And then... He put, again, heavyweight boxing never goes away. For those people, look, and nobody likes MMA more than me. We talk UFC as well uh, throughout the three hours here. But boxing will never die. And when you get charismatic figures like Tyson Fury, and they beat a Deontay Wilder twice, and you get off the deck to beat, at that time, we were talking about Deontay Wilder as the next great heavyweight champion, and and he'll go down in the the pantheon of great American heavyweights. Not anymore. And now Tyson Fury is going to try to lay claim to that. You look at his record, 31-0, 22-KOs. And I go, is he really that powerful? I've seen the over-under here is about nine and a half rounds. And I look at it and I go, we saw what he did to, to Wilder, but it almost felt like Wilder just gassed. And it talked, look, Wilder in part two, he, he gave it everything he had. And he went out on a shield, props for that fight, for, for going out the way he did. But he did gas. And I wonder if that's what Fury's going to try to do. Pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And then see if he can tire out his ever-charging a combatant here in white who's going to try to get on the inside. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points. I want to go back to Wilder Fury for a second here. Uh, the first fight, I thought it was a scenario where uh, I was really impressed with Fury getting up after getting knocked down. I think in the ninth round, might have been the tenth. Late. But yeah, it was late in that fight, uh, really. You know, when you think about it, for anybody that's never trained in boxing, you have, I have, the one thing that you don't realize is that ten seconds is quick. When you think about it, you actually don't even have a full ten, right? You've got nine seconds to be up. Referee's checking your gloves there, and you got to go. But in that second fight, Dave, I'm telling you, I haven't seen a fighter of Wilder's caliber be pummeled wow. that much in a fight in a long time. Now, I don't think that'll happen to White in this matchup, but Tyson Fury is capable of unleashing an absolute beast on an opponent here. That's the one area I have concern with. I don't know if you have the number for the total on over-under on the rounds in this nine match. nine and a half. Yeah, this, boy, this is a good number. You know, you... <laughs> Well, you really know, is. right? Like usually, when you get into the uh, middleweight, light uh, heavyweight, or you know, some of the different Maybe divisions, ten and, a half. ten and a half, eleven and a half, you're pretty comfortable going over in a lot of those. Mm. Here, I don't know. I, I mean, Tyson Fury's very capable. He'll take a round or two to warm up, get a feel for himself, and you know, the one thing you rarely say this: White is six four. Tyson Fury is six nine in every bit of it. It's it's amazing because he does not, to your point of being intimidated by heavyweight champions. He doesn't look like it until you look at him up close oh. and you go, oh, he's a behemoth. He's a, he's a big, big boy. Again, earlier in the show, I, when I was uh, talking with, with Jeff and Wes, and I'll show my age here, I wrote a, one of my first columns I ever wrote in print media. Which kids, look it up. There was a thing called print media. I wrote a column that was entitled The Enigma That Is Lennox. And I was writing it about Lennox Lewis in 1992. By the way, my audience probably didn't really wasn't as receptive as I thought they'd be to that because they're like, who the hell is Lennox Lewis? Who's this guy talking about? But I kind of look at Tyson Fury in a similar fashion. Now, Lennox doesn't have the chin that clearly Fury has because Lennox Lewis wouldn't have gotten up from those shots from Deontay Wilder. That Fury got up and then, to your point, flipped the script in just a dominating way to finish that first fight and then really dominate all the way through in the second. Lennox Lewis, I think we consider him, you know, a, a really good British heavyweight championship uh, champion. And sometimes I throw the British in there almost like an insult, right? Because yeah. you look, if you, for those that might know the sport, Frank Bruno was a guy who, you know, eventually did become a belt holder. But we also, Mike Tyson did to him. When he was beating Tyson early and then Tyson turned his lights out, he was beating Lennox Lewis badly, Frank Bruno. And he got turned out by, uh, by a left hand by Lennox Lewis. Are there any questions left for Tyson Fury? Is there anything that you need to see? Or is it really the Wilder fights and that's enough? Or does it have to be the one name that still is out there and it's AJ, Anthony Joshua? You know, Joshua lost a little luster for me when he went down. 
And I, because I, for a while, I was like, wow, this guy might be he's one. The guy. Yeah, he's the guy. I want to go back a couple things you, I want to address. I give Lennox Lewis more credit than probably a lot of other okay. people do. I, he avenged both of his losses. He avenged his draw against Evander Holyfield, lost to Hasim Rahman and Oliver McCall, oh, comes back against McCall, knocks him down, does the same thing against Rockman. Um, but to me, the thing that's so impressed about um, Fury, I was at both, uh, I was at the first two fights. Mm. And I'm going to tell you in that second fight, Dave, he criticized his corner for stopping the fight. If he doesn't stop the fight there, I, I thought, you know how Deontay always said, I want to put a body on. Uh-huh. It, it might it have been good. a body on Tyson Fury. Yeah, um, it was getting bad. It was that dominant. And I'm going to tell you what, he's capable of doing that, but I think White, I think he's a guy that is just tough and can take some heat. But can he knock down Fury? That's the big question mark. It is hard. He's a big man. He, he just, you don't, when you look at him, right? Like when you looked at Evander Holyfield, chiseled out of granite. But he's a blown up, light heavy, cruiserweight. Yeah, right. And you look at Lennox, for a guy his size, he was well developed. Yeah. Tyson Fury, you don't look at him and go, <laughs> by the way, that guy's the heavyweight champ of the world. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't jump off the page to you. Uh, by the way, they're still doing some of the undercards, but we are going to be keeping a watchful eye on that. And again, you see BetMGM. I, look, it's Double Dog daring you to lay the $4, right? You go, wow, it's only minus 400 Because normally, with a dominant heavyweight champion coming off the performances that he's had, you would expect this number. I think the, the layman might say, oh, that should be 6 or 7 so that's the cautionary tale here. And again, I do wonder if you factor into your handicap here. It is Wembley Stadium. He does have to put on a show. He can't just go beat Dillian White. He's got to put on a show. That's what he does now. Right? He comes out, he's being carried into the, into the ring. Right? That's what he's now showing. He's Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather coming out with like sombreros on, on Cinco de Mayo, fighting Mexican fighters. Like putting on shows that you remember yeah. for decades. And I think that's where Tyson Fury is. Is there any danger in that he says this is his last fight? What sh- I don't even know what to expect when he comes out. First of all, I'm getting offended by athletes that I like a lot retiring. Ash Barty in tennis and now Tyson Fury. I'm like, come on. These guys are all young. Do you think project. he's really going to retire? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, I believe it more with him than I do other mm-hmm. fighters. Um, he doesn't. He's never struck me as a guy that's been driven by the almighty dollar. Um, he just kind of does his thing. He's out there. He he seems to thoroughly enjoy himself. People like him. He's relatable. He's fun. I mean, I mean, I would hate to see it. And by the way, it would be a really disgrace to your point. If we did not eventually get AJ and this one with a uh, uh, fury, they just hit it right on the head though. If you listen to Tyson fury, and I know people are going to come to their own conclusions on what boxers are going to do, right? Cause it's the sport where everybody comes back. But he said, and when I heard him say this, it made me think that maybe he's serious. He goes, People think I need boxing because I don't need it. Because I, 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 this is not what my life is now about. Yeah. He's out there. It's almost like he's this philanthropic personality now where he likes to go out there and entertain. And, I mean, you could, he sings. He's doing karaoke after his fights. He's out here in Vegas when he fights in Vegas. And he, he's showing up and putting on party. Like, it seems like this guy is really starting to enjoy life. And I think he can find it outside of the, at Squared Circle. I think you're absolutely right on that assessment. We're going to keep it. Uh, we will keep you glued to that because they're getting ready to go here in probably about an hour over there at Wembley Stadium. Again, the heavyweight championship in the world is on display. But when we come back, let's talk some NBA, MLB, and other things. It is betting across America right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, betting across America, Dave Ross and Walshaw coming to you from Circus Sportsbook. If you're in the area, come on by and say hi. Going to be joined by Mike Peronio later on this hour, of course, the sportsbook manager over at Mandalay Bay. And Kurt Heelan's going to join us uh, in the next hour, lead NBA writer and managing editor of NBCSports.com. Talk all about the NBA playoffs, which we'll get to in a second. And Brad uh, Spielberger is going to join us in the hour number three as we're going to talk all things NFL draft. I can't believe it's Thursday. My goodness, yeah, I was going to say, next, it's this Thursday right here in Las Vegas. It's just, bam, it's here. I can't wait. should be a lot of fun. Um, I think this is a good draft because there's a lot of uncertainty, and mm-hmm. I think there will be a lot of names selected where teams go, who? <laughs> it could be. A, there's always surprises, by yeah. the way. And uh, you, you mentioned, we mentioned Tyson Fury is going to put that heavyweight strap on the line against Dillian White. You had a question for me. Yeah, so, so nine and a half, right? A lot of people might be getting ready to bet this one. And one of the great things about boxing, you know this fight's not going to last more than an hour. So, Mm-mm. Dave, if you're taking this fight, looking at a couple of different scenarios, uh, Fury by decision, Fury by knockout, White by decision, White by knockout, or under nine and a half rounds or over nine and a half, if you had to pick one, not holding you to it, but which one would you go with? For America's consumption, I have not wagered this, but if I were to wager it, still considering, I would take the under nine and a half, and right now you can get plus money on that. Plus $1.05 is what I'm seeing out there, because I do kind of think that the way I would handicap it is if White wins, it's a KO. Yeah. And this is a guy that's going to be there for hitting and to be hit. So I think this is going to be an action-packed fight. I think you mentioned that Fury might get his legs, kind of feel him out in the first couple of rounds, which he tends to yeah. do, right? And then it doesn't take much. And that's the thing that always surprised me about Tyson Fury. For a big heavyweight, I never think of him as a knockout guy. But he does have 22 KOs and his 31 wins. Yeah. So it's not like... He's out there pitter-pattering and winning decisions. He does seem to get KOs. I would lean to the under at that plus value right now. So we'll see how that plays out. But again, uh, still one more undercard to go, I do believe. So probably about a, you got about 45 minutes before you get those finer wagers in uh, over there in Wembley, England. To be honest with you, Amal, I have no idea what time it is there. I, I got to assume it's nighttime. No, it's. I would assume it's about eight fifteen right now okay. or nine fifteen. I don't. I, the exchange rate in Canada. Eight, I just eight eight fifteen. I just. I, I went to a game at Skydome years ago, mm-hmm. and I just gave the people money, and I said, "Just give me back what's fair." I, I don't. The exchange rates. You were in the right country to do that for fairness. They were very nice. I believe they were nice. They could have taken me for a ride. I would not know. Uh, in the NBA right now, we are at halftime for the Raptors and the Sixers. I don't want to say we've seen this song and dance before, but the Raptors did lead game three, went to overtime, could not hold it as they're now down 3-0. Ma, I'm not, not sure if you've heard this, but no team in the history of the NBA playoffs has ever come down from a uh, comeback from an 0-3 deficit. But they're up by five, by the way. Yeah, and to your point, I think the one differential in this game that's been critical is the fact that uh, Toronto has converted their free throw opportunities 12 for 12. And... Philadelphia is still down five, seven for 16 from the three-point arc day, 44%. They're going to shoot probably somewhere in the 35 to 39 range, but I think this is a little bit over their skis. Toronto struggled just four for 19. I like Toronto here to be able to close out this game. The other thing is Philly's got six turnovers in the first half so far. Not an alarming number. 11-12 is about an average for a game. I think Atlanta leads the NBA at 11.9. To me, the big question is, can you continue to sustain the hot shooting? When you look at the field goal percentage for the 76ers throughout this series, it's mm-hmm. been extremely strong. And I think this is a game where uh, Toronto, if they can get their sea legs going offensively on the three-point arc, they're going to be able to run away and hide in this one. We probably have a second-half number here of Toronto uh, minus 
I'm sorry, Philly minus two, two and a half here. I like Toronto in this one. Uh, does it concern? Look, I'm not saying to anybody hop in on Toronto to come back from an 0-3 deficit. But Joel Embiid does have a hand issue. Yep. Okay. And now only 49 points here in the first half. Would that be a concern if all of a sudden this becomes 3-1, you go back to Philly, you always like to close this out. Look, you go back to Golden State Cleveland when Braun and Kyrie won the chip. Remember, that series was 3-1. Now, again, Draymond Green got suspended before game six. So crazy things happened to allow Cleveland to get that comeback. And again, we've never seen it in the history of the NBA playoffs. But if they can get one, if Embiid is not full Embiid, could there be danger down the road? You bring up a great point, and I know it's a long shot, but I think it's ca- they're capable of doing it against a team like Toronto, even excuse me, against Philadelphia, a team that's gotten off to a fast start. Remember, it was that three-point shot. They dominated two games at home in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Here's how I look at a series when you're down 3-0. Okay, let's say Toronto wins this game as we're tied very quickly. Wow. Uh, uh, quick five points here by Philadelphia. But remember, basketball is a game of runs. We saw it last night in the uh, Atlanta game down mm-hmm. big in oh, that man. one. My goodness. If you are down 3-1, now you go back to Philadelphia, Dave. The game for me that's crucial is game five. Yep. Because if you get back to a game six, I'm very confident they can win that one on their home floor. And then you get to game seven scenario. Anything can happen. And we remember that game seven between Toronto and Philadelphia. Vince Carter misses a three-point shot on that Sunday. Real close. An opportunity there. So anything can go. And we saw that between Cleveland and Golden State. I always blame. Everyone gives the Cavaliers credit and give them a ton of credit. I always blame Draymond Green for them losing the championship. Yeah, I mean, look, there was technicals back then, and he won too many techs, and he got suspended, the automatic suspension. Still think it was a terrible rule, but you're right. You you have to know when you're Draymond Green in that situation, I can't get one more tech, or else I miss a whole game. Not a quarter, not a half, the whole game. And that was critical to extend that thing to seven, then we all saw what happened. By the way, I'd love for the NBA to make a couple of changes this offseason. One of them with players barring a serious injury, They've got to play. This is a detriment to your product. You're in the entertainment business. Oh, wow. And when people are buying money, you, you know, if you live in a city like Orlando, you're required to buy the Golden State Warriors, and then you're stuck with a game like San Antonio. Well, we would have never said that 10 years ago, but the point is you're stuck with that. And then I'd like to see the number of technical fouls uh, required to be suspended, reduced, or diminished I, I, greatly. I'm with you on that. Because I, I think, you know, look, I don't have kids, so it doesn't matter to me in terms of the me youth neither. sports. But I think there's a major problem in this country in terms of how officials and parents and all these people act around these ballparks. Your kids are not going to the pros, okay? Get over it. There's 30 guys drafted in the first round of the NBA draft every year. And unless they're like Shadon Sharp, who doesn't even play a minute at Kentucky and can be a top-five pick, don't bother me with this nonsense. Send a message. Luka Doncic, this guy, if he misses a free throw, it's an official's fault. Not a regular shot, a free throw. It's (laughs) unbelievable. Can you stop it with this? It's so I, I can't even watch the NBA anymore because every time somebody misses a shot, they want a foul call. They, they're looking for the calls. Joel Embiid does it better than most, right? And he, yeah. he goes to the line. It's a parade to the line. I, I will push back a little bit in, in specifics with Luka Doncic here. He is probable. And this is why I think we've seen this number uh, move. And right now I'm still seeing, what, five and a halfs out there uh, for the Mavs today in game four against Utah. And they are up two games to one. And I'm all, okay, probable is very different than questionable. Yeah. Probable, we're assuming Luca's going to play. Here's my only question. Why would you take the risk with Luca today up to one, the way Jalen Brunson's going, the way Utah feels like they're imploding, if, win, lose, or draw, I'm 2-2, and I give in three more days of full rest and recovery. And then, if I went into a short series, a best of three, at worst case scenario, with a fully healthy Luka Doncic, the, the, the playoffs right now, and I always call it the second season, it's the second season for a reason. We're seeing it play out. Injuries. Luka. D-Book with Phoenix. Joel Embiid with Philadelphia. You never know tomorrow what looks like a sure thing today once your star gets dinged up. So I just I wonder, is this too much too soon for Luka to come back? I'm not a doctor. I understand that. Probable is different than questionable. But I just look at it and I go, man, you're almost playing with house money. I might still roll with that house money. Yeah, I appreciate your argument, counselor, but I'm completely opposed to it. I think you got to get Luca out there for a couple of reasons. First of all, he just gives you an emotional lift. Second, if you're Utah, you have had an opportunity. You're up 1-0. The second game, you're thinking, hey, wait a minute. They didn't even play well, the Jazz. No, they didn't. Dallas shoots lights out, I think 47% from the three-point line. I think made 22 three-pointers. They're probably not going to win game three. Now they come on your home floor and punk you. Oh, they did do that. 
Here's the thing. If you were to win this game with Luka in the lineup instead of sitting him, you got an opportunity to pretty much put, uh, put this thing to bed. you got two games on your home floor out of the final three. You got to win one of those three games. I would rather have Luka Doncic in the lineup, even if it's just as a decoy and going way back. You know, it's like uh, Bill Bradley said to Willis Reed, oh. if you can just give us a couple of minutes, big fella. Play seven minutes or something like that? Was, yeah, something very short like that. And I'm not saying Luke is going to be able to necessarily give him that emotional lift, but I got to tell you, Dave, if I'm a Utah Jazz fan and I'm going to, to Salt Lake, the game in Salt Lake today, I'm thinking, man, Luke is playing. We can't even beat this team already. We're down uh, two games to one. Are we really coming through this series? Mm. Utah's got a lot of questions. They've got internal strife that's become external with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Everybody's blaming Rudy Gobert for game three. I'm like, did you watch the game? I mean, he what is he supposed to do? Be a perimeter guard now and check threes? Is that what Rudy Gobert's supposed to do? Like, I, I can't lay that at the feet of the Stifle Tower. And I, and I just look at it and I go, I feel like they're imploding. And I don't know that they need much more of a help to implode at this point. There, there's Rudy getting out of the wing. So, like, I look at it all and I go, what is, like, 45? I'm looking at you, kid. And I, I need you. I'm not going to blame Rudy Gobert for playing, you know, external defense and on the wing. I'm looking at 45 to take over a game that did not include Luka Doncic for the first three. I think 45 is not as good as you may think he is. Oh, I, I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's a superstar. And look, I don't like the heat that Rudy's getting. I, I'm a Rudy fan. He's a great defender. But I do one of my favorite quick anecdotes is when uh, he was playing the Joker and he was trying to isolate him. Joker goes, brother, I got 47. <laughs> Don't worry about it. When we come back, we'll break down the other NBA playoff games tonight. Come on back. But in Cross America on these and these sports betting now. This is betting across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN is all in for the draft this week in fabulous Las Vegas. we got a special draft preview show tomorrow at 6 p.m. Tim Murray, Sean King, going to break down all the first-round prospects and props experts. we got, including, of course, our legendary broadcaster himself, Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and his son. So VEASAN's draft pre- preview special is tomorrow at 6 p.m. exclusively on VEASAN. Do not forget. Download our NFL Draft Betting Guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it today for only $10. Go to VEASAN.com slash draft for more information. Dave Ross back alongside. I'm all shocked. I cannot believe that the draft is Thursday right here in Las Vegas. I attended a couple of those in Chicago covering those. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of information. Feels like today in society we like to say mis- and disinformation. But that's kind of what coaches and GMs and execs want to get out there right now, right? Before you get into your prop scenarios here. I will say that this one's interesting to me. That the Jags GM, Trent Baalke, says nobody's called directly. That means to trade for the number one overall pick. This is pretty in Rappaport. So somebody called indirectly? So I don't know how that works, what Trent Baalke's trying to say. It makes me believe that Trent Balky's trying to say, we're good. We got our player at one. Is that player to you, Aiden Hutchinson, that he says, we're, we're good? Because I know the Lions, if the Jags trade out, okay, the Lions reportedly will run to the podium to take Aiden Hutchinson at two. Michigan, Detroit can understand those correlations. But I wonder to you, is this a smoke screen by Balky? Because if I'm the Jags, as bad as I've been, and I get multiple picks. And I don't know if that's somebody trading up for Hutchinson, but I got to be in play to pick up the phone if Balky says nobody's calling. 100%. He must be a soccer fan talking about direct and indirect. <laughs> uh, but to me, the reality of it is if I'm Jacksonville, I want an offensive lineman uh, to protect Trevor Lawrence, regardless of who you prefer. But, and they, they re signed Cam Robinson, but I'm yeah. like, one's not enough. No, not and, and Cam's going to play on the right side. Mm-hmm. And so you need somebody on that left side. Here's the other thing I would point to, Dave. I don't look at anybody in this draft, and I think Kayvon Thibodeau has the potential of being one of the best players in the draft. Um, You're not going to probably take him first overall. Again, this is all team preference. A lot of it is just conjecture in terms of how teams see it. But for me, I'd be looking to trade back because I don't see a player in this draft where you go, okay, this guy, we select him. He's going to change the fortunes of our organization. Um, You know, when you drafted Trevor Lawrence, even though he didn't have a great year, if you watch game 17 against the Colts, 
he looked like the first overall pick. He didn't go, you go, this guy's going to be good. Um, I think they need more picks. There are teams that potentially think, hey, maybe there's a guy that can make a difference. And in, in terms of Aiden Hutchison, he played great in the biggest games for Michigan against Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Uh, eight and a half sacks in those three games, but I would point to the rest of his career. He had nine sacks in the rest of his career um, in, in 33 games or something to that effect. Really wasn't a dominant player. Let me tell you something. Nobody was talking about Aiden Hutchison for the first round or getting drafted you know, in the first three rounds before last year. I'm getting the vibe of the quote-unquote safe pick I put in air quotes. I don't know that I want a safe pick at once. Sometimes you're going to miss when you take the quote-unquote unsafe pick. With the high, like, let's say the, the Thibodeau comparison that you made there. Because I think most people look at it and go, Thibodeau's upside might be greater than Hutchinson's upside. Yeah. But we've got questions about how much does he love the game. I know execs and, and certainly coaches, they want a guy that, that has a motor. And that, like, some people kind of brush that off and go, oh, that's just kind of coach speak. And no, I mean, you really do want, want to have it. You, you got to have the want to in order to go with that physical God given ability. So if the work ethic is a question mark, which I think is fair to yeah. question, because we saw with Davion Clowney back in Steve Spurrier's days, the ball coach in South Carolina, where they asked him about it, he said, hey, Davion's going to play when Davion wants to play. Yeah. And when he plays, he's spectacular and looks like a number one pick. And when he doesn't play, you go, my goodness, I wasted a, quote, wasted a number one pick on a guy that's supremely talented. So is, is Hutchinson in your eyes the quote-unquote safe pick, but the upside is there with other players? Yeah, I don't. Look, I look at this draft, and I think there's a lot of very good players. I don't see anyone being a number one overall go, wow, this guy's going to change the fortunes of our organization. To your point on the first pick, to me, if I'm drafting a guy number one, I want a guy I'm looking at that's a 8- to 12-year player for us. He's going to be a four-time Pro Bowler, uh, a couple-of-time All-Pro, maybe a potential Boston Canton type of guy when you're going number one overall. And I just don't see that with Hutchison. I, I want to see him perform. He Look, Great numbers, again, like I said, against Ohio State, against, um, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin. Where was he against Georgia? Oh, boy. As somebody who backed the maize and blue that day, I was asking the same thing. Yeah, I did, too. I was like, what? what, what? Where is he? Where's Aiden? Because I was expecting that, that pass rush on the edge. Gets back to some of those Georgia players that are going to be out there, too. Yeah. And you go, okay, Aiden might have all the checks, a lot of those boxes of we know he's going to be there, do, do what he's supposed to do, work ethic and all this. That's great. And that is important. But is he really, really, truly, to your point, the number one pick in the draft? That's why I'm with you. If I'm Trent Balky, pick up the phone. Maybe you have to make some calls and see if there's some interest there. Because, again, if Detroit is running to the phone at two for Hutchinson, you could put at that smoke screen. Hey, you know, so-and-so called about Hutchinson to trade up to one. You might want to move up and do the Mitchell Trubisky thing that Chicago did when they traded up against nobody to two to take Mitchell Trubisky when nobody was going to take him at three. Well, you know, to me, unless you're Charlie Casserly and you have the guts if you're Detroit to take somebody else besides Hutchinson, it's, the pick's automatically going to get booed. But uh, I think you draft him because you're going to be able to sell tickets, right? He's a Michigan guy. Yeah. The, the fan base would be excited to have him there. Uh I look at this draft, and I think this is one of the tougher drafts to handicap, simply because there's a glut of players that are just basically interchangeable depending on position and need of team. There's nobody that stands out. Like, remember, we had uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, and then you had, I, f- I forgot who went number two last year, but... But you knew Trevor to, was yeah, one. Yeah, that, that was decided. Knew that, right? right? Like, Chase Young went number two behind Joe Burrow. It, it was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we knew those types of players were going to go, but... I look at the wide receivers are probably the most certain, have the most certainty in this draft. The offensive linemen are really good, but I don't think there's a Panay Sewell in this draft. Mm. So there's some question marks all around. One of the interesting things, and you know me, I get into the social media aspects of things time to time. And so we saw the big story this week was Debo Samuel scrubbed the Niners off the IG and the Twitters. Yeah. I don't know, the Facebooks, maybe. But apparently, he's just what athletes do nowadays, Amal. I Look, I know people laugh at it, but to them it means something. Yeah. If they take the time to go back and take away any mentions of the team I'm supposed to be associated for, like like if you ever had a, a different job uh, prospect and then you just took out all your old posts from VEASAN, why does it bother you? But apparently it bothers Debo Samuel enough that he'd scrub the Niners clean. He wants out. That's what he says. Now he's still technically property of the Niners. 
We know this is kind of a new day and age, and we're anticipating the over-under right now sitting at six wide receivers selected in the first round, right? If the Niners want to go the Minnesota way, and I know it opened some eyes a couple years ago when they traded away Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, and then Buffalo made him the highest-paid wide receiver in the history of the game at the time, right? And what did the, the Vikings do? They drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round at LSU. Well, that kind of worked out for Minnesota because they got him on that rookie deal. Could you see the same slide and the same idea here for Kyle Shanahan and for John Lynch to say, okay, Debo, you're a great player, but we're not going to give you what you want. The market is now absolutely crazy. And, oh, by the way, there could be seven first-rounders that might go in the first round. And guess what? We'll just go get another one. I think there's a capability of these receivers. Love Wilson. I said when Alabama played Ohio State in the national championship, outside the two quarterbacks, I thought Garrett Wilson would have the longest and most successful pro career that included Patrick Sertan and everybody that Alabama had. I think Garrett Wilson's an absolute stud. However, to me, Debo Samuel, the big difference is his ability to run the football. Yeah. He is their best running back. Yes. Kyle Shanahan has said that. He's been on record with that. He is a difference maker. And I'll tell you, Dave, nobody wants to tackle Debo Samuel as the game progresses. That guy runs hard. He gives you your money. The Cowboys worth. didn't. No, absolutely not. And that was the difference in that game. You could see it. I would, I would point to this. If I am the San Francisco 49ers, I tell Debo Samuel and his agent, I said, look, you guys can do whatever the hell you want to do. You want to sit out? No problem. If I'm Jed York and the ownership group, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying, we're not moving off of this. So enjoy your time away from football. Hopefully you've managed your money well, but I can tell you right now, I am not trading you. Hmm. You're an untradeable player. To me, outside of the quarterback position, I don't know if there's a player I, I would consider trading less. And I'm sure there's a couple of guys, Aaron Donald, obviously, sure. but no, it's, it's Debo Samuel to me is the biggest threat home run hitter in football on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, again, we saw with Deshaun Watson how that played out in H Town, and I go, did it really behoove Houston? No, right? Like, what did they get out of it by sitting him and paying him for a year in the yeah. roster? Like, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So, being under contract, yes, I just wonder if there's you're going to get at least a one for Debo, right? Return on your investment might not be that bad. If you really want to go in another direction. But I think your point is a salient one. They don't want to go down this road with Debo. They'd like to figure out a way to bring him back under his current contract situation without readjusting their whole salary. But doesn't he have two years left? He's locked in pretty yeah. good. So that's going to be interesting. When we come back, Mike Brown is going to join us over at Mandalay Bay. We'll talk about the boxing, see if he's getting some action in on that, plus the NBA playoffs. Come on back. It is Betting Across America right here on DC, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. You can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM to log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. This is Betting Across America. Right now, we are at the end of three. And all of a sudden, those points that were lacking in the first half, they're getting them right now. Toronto leading Philadelphia 80-77. to so pretty much I'm seeing the same numbers that we saw at halftime here. Not a whole lot's changed, but all of a sudden that preflop over might come back into play here. Yeah, absolutely. Right now you're looking at 157 points scored. You mentioned it. I think it was 213 mm-hmm. on that one. Getting closer. So, so just 56 points away. A very uh, reachable number at this point in time. However, high watermark so far in the three quarters has been uh, this uh, second quarter at 55 points. Okay, so we'll see how that plays out. Look like an under. Maybe getting a little bit closer to here. Uh, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there in the fourth quarter. It is always a pleasure each and every Saturday here betting across America. To be joined by Mike Peranio over at Mandalay Bay, the Sportsbook and Race Director at Mandalay Bay. Mike, I want to start a little bit off the beaten path here because Amal and I were talking off the top of the show here. We're getting ready in Wembley Stadium in England right now, and I believe we're getting ready to go. 93,000 uh, in, in tow here. It's a raucous atmosphere over there. I don't know how much it's playing as far as uh, bookmaker action here in the United States, are you seeing a lot of, of tickets come in on this Tyson Fury and Dillian White fight? Uh, yeah, we've had quite a bit of action. You know, the time difference makes a difference because typically uh, people want to bet at the day of, and uh, we've had a lot of people always come up and ask, "Is uh, are you showing the fight?" And of course, if we're showing it, we're probably going to have, okay, let me bet it. But sometimes <laughs> if we're not showing it, they don't want to bet it. But those are small bets. Uh, boxing, we, we get more concerned uh, with the books anyway when it's uh, the large players because boxing tends to be small bettors betting dogs and parlaying, and then we've got the huge whales that uh, love to bet boxing for big, big money, and they'll lay the big money. They'll lay 400 or 450 on a, on a guy and, and bet some decent money. Yeah, I think Mike brings up a great point in terms of the time. I wish every fight was 2 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time for a heavyweight fight. But, uh, Mike, I want to ask you right now, NBA playoffs in full swing. Um, what kind of action have you guys been taking in terms of particular series? Because the one that's really kind of gone differently than I anticipated was Utah and the Dallas Mavericks who go here this afternoon at 1.30 Pacific time. Dallas, I believe, is a 5.5-point dog in this one. Luke is expected to play. Are you seeing money coming in on the Mavericks? Yeah, people are pretty, uh, with the the series prices, if you're talking series prices, that's not getting bet a lot. Okay. There seems to be, you know, all these injuries and then, you know, people coming back now. Uh, it's affected people betting series. If we get some series bets right now, maybe someone trying to hedge off. But uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the, now, the futures, uh, we're getting some handle on that. So uh, Warriors and Hawks are very bad for us. <laughs> Uh, Warriors being bad is probably not a good sign because uh, they're decent teams. Hawks, I'm not, I don't, you know, they're decent coming out of the East. You never know which teams coming out of the East usually. But uh, Sixers are good for us, and the Heat's good for us, and that's probably a good sign. I like the way the Heat's been playing. Sixers aren't pl- playing bad either, but uh, seems like the Heat has a pretty good team this year, and they get overlooked. That's probably why it's good for us. Not a lot of people are betting the Heat. Uh, you know, they used to in the old days when Shaq and uh, everyone was down there, but uh, not so much anymore. Mike, I am curious about the Celtics and the Nets. Now that the uh, Nets are down 0-2, this series now goes back to Brooklyn for Game 3 tonight. Are you seeing people hop in there? You mentioned not a lot here, uh, maybe, that you know didn't happen before these series started. Anybody hopping in now on the Nets to overcome that 0-2 deficit? Because I look back and I remember the Bucks last year, 
I believe when they were down 0-2 to Phoenix, and I thought, well, really nothing's changed here because it's just home court. Are you seeing people buy in at the Nets now at a better price to come back and possibly make this series competitive and ultimately maybe win it in seven? Yeah, I mean, I could see uh, Brooklyn's. Uh, they're they're a big public team, and you know, people love to bet them. Uh, although that changed a little bit after Kylie's, you know, response <laughs> to the fans. I think they lost some people <laughs> with that. Uh, uh, maybe uh, that would have bet it otherwise. Uh, stuff like that doesn't help. Uh, but uh, my concern is is more like uh, what's happened to Kevin Durant. Uh, he mm. seems like he's. I've never seen him shoot as bad as he has, and it seems to me like there's got to be something wrong with him. I've never seen you know him over the years that he's Mr. Reliable. He was even missing free throws, which is unbelievable. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Boston's a tough team. I liked them in that series going in, even you know before they got out to the 2-0 lead. But uh, uh, and I think I saw like Charles Barkley was pretty high on Boston too when he was doing some commentation. But uh, it's interesting to to see the East. It always comes down to defense in the East, and it seems like offense in the West. But to be honest with you, the offense in the West is all based on defense on the other end. So it's kind of like UNLV in the old days. We were a high-scoring, run-and-gun team, but it all generated off the defense. Yeah, and right now you're seeing what about plus two sixty if you think the Nets can come back and win the series down 0-2. But again, I'm all, I look at it and I go. Ben Simmons, this is like Daniel Russo is going to fight. I mean, Karate Kid, like he's actually going to play. I wonder if that would sway people now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been out quite a bit. So I, you know, his, even when they do play and coming back up injuries, you just don't know. Uh, and that does, you know, actually help us a little bit. It gives us an advantage over regular players because, uh, you know, a lot of the public they just go by. Oh, he's playing. You know, and. Maybe that's not a good thing if he hasn't played for a while. Maybe needs a game to get into the mood and the groove. And uh, usually it takes a while to, to warm up. I hear what you guys are saying on Simmons, and I, I get where you're coming from, Mike. But I'll tell you what, for me, Ben Simmons is not a guy you're expecting to contribute offensively. Mm. But at 6'10", if you can just give me 15 minutes, right. play a little bit of defense. Yeah, just play defense. I don't even need you on the other end of the floor. Just play a little bit of defense. I think his length could be a little bit of a factor there. Mike, I want to go to the Phoenix-New Orleans series. Uh, Devin Booker out. How have the odds changed for you guys with Golden State potentially and Phoenix? Because Phoenix seemed to be a prohibitive favorite in the West coming out or expected to come out of there. That, that's huge. The, uh, Booker, it, that's a huge injury. And now you can see, we're, we're, I'm sure that's part, uh, maybe a large part of the reason why Warriors are very bad for us. Because uh, Phoenix... You know, with with Booker, I still think Golden State's been playing, you know, kind of sly. <laughs> we're not that good, except uh, they have a few players that uh, the minute they come back said they were going to win the championship. But uh, it seems like people uh, over the regular season, you never know who is playing. They're resting people, and it took a while for people to adjust. I think it'll get worse and worse for us on the Warriors, as, especially if Booker's out for the you know long periods and. Uh, I can see people betting and getting on that bandwagon. So uh, I'm sure they have. I'm sure we've adjusted those lines to hopefully keep us our, our liabilities lower. Yeah, it is going to be interesting going forward as we uh, have a couple minutes to go here with Mike Perani, the sportsbook manager over at Mandalay Bay. I wonder if the roller coaster ride continues in this Grizzlies and T-Wolves series. And, boy, I, I like the T-Wolves in game three until the fourth quarter. Are people hopping off now, the T-Wolves, and back on the Grizzlies, Mike, as this series has just been kind of chaotic? Yeah, when you see the people losing big leagues maybe twice in the same game, Man. <laughs> uh, uh, that kind of stuff the public does pay attention to. Uh, and that's even hard for me to understand how you can do that. Uh, that seems to go back to coaching, but that's surprising to me because coaching shouldn't be their problem. Uh, that's decent coaching on that team. And uh, I just can't explain how that can happen. Uh, but that's going to make the public, you know, kind of nervous for at least a couple games and see what happens. So I would expect we're going to get the other side on that after what they saw on TV the other night. Mike, I want to switch gears very quickly. The USFL, have you guys been taking any action or getting involved in that heavily from a better standpoint? Because I can tell you right now, I have not spoken about the USFL once <laughs> until today on VEASAN. <laughs> And why did you talk about it today? <laughs> uh, well, you have to understand, we are force-fed some of this stuff by a Purdue guy, That's so right. you have to give us the benefit of the doubt. So I watched uh, the early game today, and uh, I was 
it was very interesting. I I spent 20 minutes trying to find a fan in the stands. So I, you know, <laughs> USFL. I'm not sure that's going to catch on. Uh, our biggest thing is the draft. USFL means nothing. People are gearing up for the draft right now, and it's in Vegas. So we're pretty happy to be doing that. Uh, it's a little strange though because we have some restrictions on draft wagering, and basically we cut our draft menu down. It's in Vegas. In, to be honest with you, the draft is tough for us because it's wise guys and t- a lot of sharp play. Now it's in Vegas, so not only do we have the sharp guys, but everybody that's coming to Vegas, there's a lot of people in there that are also sharps or no people that are sharp. So mm. we're not expanding it like uh, I thought maybe we would. We're going to keep it more simple this year, and uh, that shows you the bet MGM traders probably know what they're doing because – uh, and, and a lot of it has to do also with draft. There's a lot of regulations in each state about when they cut it off. That's right. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.